0: It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.
1: We've got baseball to talk about as Hunter Green made his spring debut and he was packing a new pitch. We're going to tell you how he looked on today's Locked On
0: Reds. You are locked on Reds. Daily Cincinnati Reds Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. You are Locked On Reds, and baseball is back. My name is Jeff Carr. His name is Steven Offenbaker, and we are lifelong Cincinnati Reds fans that have turned an addiction to this team into information. For you, I want to thank you for taking time out of your day to listen to us talk some Reds with you. I encourage you, this is your first time hit that subscribe button. We've got a lot of great stuff coming for you all throughout spring training, all throughout the season. You're not going to want to miss any of it. Subscribe on your favorite podcast app. Subscribe here on YouTube. Click the bell to get notified. We would love to have you become an everydayer. And if you are an everydayer, thank you for what makes this all so fun because we are part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team, every single day, your Cincinnati Reds every single day. On today's show, there was a forgotten Reds prospect who showed out this weekend and reminded us that he is still here. There was also another man who entered his name into the chat of the 26th man competition. Just how far up the list did he go? But we will first start with the majesticness that was Hunter Green on the mound on Sunday afternoon. Before we get to all of that, though, I wanted to tell you that today's episode is brought to you by FanDuel. Make every moment more new customers. Join today and you'll get $150 in bonus bets if your first bet of $5 or more wins. Visit FanDuel.com slash locked on to get started. And Steve, where we're going to get started today is the wonderful nature that was Hunter green. We we've heard reports out of spring training practice that he has been working on a curveball and a splitter. He got to use it against the angels on Sunday.
1: He did. And he looked pretty good doing, it. I know the game wasn't televised, but there's some, some video that's floating around out there of some of his uh, app, some of his uh, pitches during uh, the course of those one and two thirds inning and he looked really good. As a matter of fact, you look at his line, he pitched one and two thirds. He allowed just one hit. He struck out four during the one and two thirds inning. Now, he did walk two, but at least one of those, I think, is because he was working on new pitches. Uh, yes. uh, he walked a guy on a three two count and he tried to get him with a curveball on a three two count. And of course, we know that that is a new pitch that he is working on.
0: Yes. And it's interesting too, because that's something that with the curve and with the splitter, he has needed a third pitch and it's possible that he's trying out both figuring out which he likes more. And that's going to be the one that he, he goes with. But I think that we could see both of those pitches throughout the season as, as he was able to kind of throw both and he felt good about each one. I I think it's intriguing though, that he's picked these two. We've seen a lot of reporting Uh, from different, not necessarily the Reds beat writers, but different perspectives who have visited Reds camp and said, you know, there's a lot of guys that are working on a splitter. Lucas Sims was working on a splitter. Um, And I believe uh, there there was somebody else, there was one of the name, and I forget who it was, that was working on adding a splitter that they did not already have that as part of their repertoire. And of course, Hunter Green is working on that splitter. And when he talked about the pitches that he threw, he kind of mentioned that he felt much better about the splitter than he did the curve. And this is what he had to say about his outing. Pretty good. I uh, try to keep it simple. I um, feel like I had a good feel for everything. Curve was a little iffy, but you know, as part of spring and continuing to work on it, the split was fantastic today. Um, it's unbelievable. Um, you know, so just continuing to work on it and uh, get it ready for opening day and the rest of the season. I really just wanted to work on uh, trying to get some early pitch contact, and I don't really want to get into it. Um, you know me; you, you've asked those questions before, um, but yeah, just being able to have kind of an equalizer and uh, be able to add some more to to the mix. I find it intriguing because you know he mentioned early, early count contact you know he wants to get that and be more efficient and things like that the fact that he ends up walking a guy on a curveball doesn't necessarily bother me because he's working on this stuff and this is why we talk about like if you're gonna go crazy about the pitching lines if you're gonna go crazy about the statistics you gotta know the context and the context for hunter green is he was working on some stuff still managed to get four strikeouts and five outs total
1: yeah and and Working on things, they don't necessarily use those pitches working on them in situations where they would use them in a game during the regular season. You know, right. he probably is not going to go with a curveball on a three two count, but I do like what he had to say about that splitter, Jeff, because he used words like fantastic, unbelievable. That tells me he was feeling really good with that pitch. And I, I do like that he was honest about the curveball as well that, you know, it's not quite there, it's not, it's a work in progress. And you know, I, I have I have really enjoyed how candid both Hunter green and Nick Lodolo have been since they arrived onto this team, when they break down their performances and talk about what they did and what went well and what didn't and what they need to work on. They've, they've both been uh, very open about things like that. And and this is no different. I like that Hunter was very candid about how those pitches felt because it'd be very easy for him to say, you know, it's first outing. I feel great. Everything, you know, is is coming along. It's a work in progress. I can't wait to get out there again. He could have limited it to that but instead he gave us a little bit more and and I appreciate him being open about that.
0: Yeah, he's not a template guy, right? He doesn't like copy paste like these are the answers you're supposed to give. So here you go, here's the answers I'm supposed to give you. And I appreciate too like you heard him there in the middle of the interview he's just like I don't want to go into all of it. I mean, you know, you've asked me questions like this before. This is not necessarily I want to give all the details of it. I think part of that because that that answer was in reference to a question about why why a curveball and a splitter? Why'd you decide to add those two pitches this season? I honestly think that if you were to press him, he would say, because I hate the changeup. It ain't working. I don't like it. It's not going to be a part of my game. And these two pitches seem to feel better to him than a changeup does.
1: Well, we heard him, we heard him say there he's looking for an equalizer. And I think mm-hmm. you can translate translate that to say what we've been saying all along. He is looking for something to keep these hitters from timing him up and something that will keep them off balance the splitter and the curve with their different motions their different speed will do exactly that so i think when he says equalizer that's what he means he means a disrupting pitch he means to be able to disrupt the comfort level of the hitters because i mean let's be honest there were times last season where hitters looked comfortable in the box against him because they knew one of two things was coming and they could sit back and wait for their pitch and drill it when it came. And this is going to change that. And I'm I'm looking forward to seeing more of the splitter.
0: Yeah, I was talking to a couple of friends who are fans of differing NL East teams, and I, I won't call them out who they were, but uh, I was mentioning, oh yeah, Hunter Green's working on some new pitches. He's like, yeah, good. Uh, his fastball's flat. He really needs something else. And yeah, it's true. I mean, he, we've seen on StatCast, it talks about it does move a little bit, but it's more horizontal than it is vertical. But still... The idea is the way that a fastball spins, the way that a curveball spins, the way that a splitter spins, all different. And the way that a fastball and a slider spins, they're slightly different. But if you're only got to worry about two different spins and catching it out of his hand, then I think you can kind of point to the games where he was really effective and say he was hiding that spin well last year. And you can point to the games where he was getting clobbered and saying he wasn't hiding the spin well. If you add these two pitches, or even if you just add the third one, you add something else for the hitters to think about. And that is the name of the game here, is that I don't care how hard you throw, you got to have some form of deception to your pitching. And I'm so glad that Hunter Green is realizing that and, and, and trying to focus more on that this season.
1: And it'll be interesting to see if he enters the season, Jeff, as a three-pitch pitcher or a four-pitch pitcher. I, I think mm-hmm. there's enough time left he can get more comfortable with that curveball. And, and while clearly the splitter is ahead of the curve, there is still time between now and the beginning of the season where he could enter as a four-pitch pitcher. Now now you're getting somewhere. Now you're Ooh. starting to talk that ace territory that we've been kind of waiting for him to get to, right? uh i i know it's early I'm, I'm i'm trying not to overhype it but i i am excited to watch and see him progress see him develop see him mature as a pitcher not just a thrower in major league baseball in 2024
0: and sunday was the start and we got so much more to go with him he's got plenty of time i'm i'm very excited to see how this continues
1: Yeah, he's still got a lot of work to do, Jeff. But in order to be ready for opening day, uh, the addition of the splitter to his arsenal is very, very encouraging. You know what else is encouraging, Jeff? The battle for the 26 man on the Reds roster. It is underway. It is in full swing. And there might be more players in the mix than people might think. We're going to talk about them coming up next. Before I get into that, I want to shout out the sponsor of today's podcast. Today's episode is brought to you in part by FanDuel. Get buckets with your first bet on FanDuel, America's number one sports book. Because right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets back with any winning $5 bet. That's $150 in your account if your $5 bet wins. You can bet on all of your favorite NBA action from the players to the teams. You can do quick bets, same game, live parlays. You can do exclusive props, much, much more. They've got some over-unders over there for you to fiddle with as well. You know, that's what Jeff Carr does. Just visit FanDuel.com slash locked on and shoot your shot. Put your sports knowledge to work for you and put money in your pocket. If you're looking for some baseball odds, FanDuel has Hunter Green at 42 to 1 odds to win. The National League Cy Young Award might be worth throwing a few bucks at that. If he gets these two extra pitches down, folks, uh, that'll be a good return on your investment. If he's able to pull it off, that could be very, very interesting. So to get in on the action, just head to FanDuel.com slash locked on FanDuel is an official partner of the National Basketball Association and the official sports book of Locked On. Speaking of Locked On, Locked On has launched the first ever national sports 24-7 streaming channel right here on YouTube. Locked On Sports Today is here for you 24-7, covering the top sports stories of the day with local experts like Jeff and I, and our national shows that cover each and every league. Just go to Locked On Sports Today on YouTube and subscribe to the first ever national sports 24-7 streaming channel. Coming up on our next episode, Andrew Abbott is about to take the hill. We're going to dive deep into his expectations for 2024. But there's a lot more to talk about today, Jeff. And let's dig in to the topic of the 26th man on the roster. If you go back to the offseason and you listen to Nick Kral talk about this roster and its makeup, if you listen to people around the team talk about what this unit could look like heading into 2024, very noticeably, the name Jose Barrero was included time and time again when they talked about this. So the expectation was that because he was out of options, because he can play multiple positions, because they can't stash him in Louisville, he was going to be the 26th man on this roster. But the Reds have made some moves in the offseason, and one of those moves was Bob- Bubba Thompson, like 14 different times, trying <laughs> to get him onto this team. Someone in the Reds organization really, really liked Bubba Thompson. And finally, the Reds did succeed in getting him here and keeping him here and inviting him to spring training. Also, Stuart Fairchild would like to have a word about being considered for the 26th man on this roster. So now that games are underway, there were two games into Cactus League play, Jeff, and all of these guys are trying to show out a little bit. And a couple of them have had some really good starts to this 26th man competition.
0: Yeah, I really think that Bubba Thompson started making his case early and I find this intriguing because last year and, uh, and uh, before we get into his performances over the weekend, last year, Bubba Thompson came in fifth in major league baseball. Last year, Ellie was the fastest. He had the fastest sprint speed in major league baseball. Bubba Thompson was fifth and Bubba Thompson showed that speed over the weekend. He had a couple of steals. He had a very impressive run that he scored in the first game. It was the second run of the game for the Reds. He was on third. Tyler Callahan was at the plate. Tyler Callahan grounded right back to the pitcher and the pitcher made a bonehead move, did not look back Bubba Thompson, but Bubba Thompson also did not break on contact either. This wasn't a situation where he was just ahead of the curve. It was something where he hesitated a little bit, made sure the pitcher didn't uh, check him and when the pitcher threw to first base for the second out of the inning Thompson took off and he scored because he's fast he also on Sunday hit the ball extremely well he played DH for the entirety of the game went three for three or the entirety of his appearance into the game and went three for three at the plate that is something now Baba Thompson is basically Billy Hamilton and that he is super, super fast, but can't really get on base, at least so far in his career. So that is definitely something to equate into this. But I think that Bubba Thompson at the very least has entered his name into this competition. And if you're
1: going to head over to his baseball reference page to check out what he's been doing don't be confused and think that you accidentally clicked on Billy Hamilton's page. These two <laughs> cats look a lot alike on their baseball reference page. Too, I don't yeah. know if you have gone and looked at it or not Jeff, but they are built the same. They have they kind of favor each other a little bit um, and the speed is there uh, for both guys. But you're right. for his career negative point zero negative 0.3 war in his career so he has a lot to prove about getting on base but if he can figure it out and continue to uh, get on base at a decent clip uh, I think he could make some noise for being the 26th man on this roster I think the only thing that he really doesn't bring that Jose Barrero brings is that positional flexibility
0: but you mentioned Stuart Fairchild and I find this intriguing because so the biggest weakness on this team is that right-handed outfield spot It's also the fact that there really is nobody to back up TJ Friedel. TJ Friedel Mm -hmm. is the only center fielder on this roster. Stuart Fairchild has shown that he can play a competent center field. And we've talked about this before. Stuart Fairchild is not a sexy pick when it comes to this 26th man, but Nick crawl and David bell have both said at different times throughout the off season, that spring training is going to be very closely monitored and practices and workouts and things like that behind the scenes are also going to be taken into account. But what we can see on the field and, and what we can hear on the radio broadcast more about that in a minute, but uh, what, what, what he can do in a game so far, Stuart Fairchild looks a lot better than Jose Barrero has. And I would kind of put him maybe slightly ahead of Jose Barrero. If we're talking about this conversation, I don't think Bubba Thompson is the favorite at this moment. I would say he's probably third or fourth, but where we weren't considering him before he has put his name on here, Stuart Fairchild's at the top though. Interestingly though, we never
1: heard Stuart Fairchild's name from Nick Craw all offseason talking, talking about and talking about the situation. Now I know that options play a part of this. Bubba Thompson does not have options. The reds cannot stash him and right. send him down. Jose Barrero does not have options. So the reds can no longer stash him. That's kind of what they've been doing. I believe that Stuart Fairchild is also out of options. So this is going to be, is, is that correct, Jeff? If you can pull that up real quick while I finish my thought Looking here. i it right uh, now. Because uh, the options are going to be a key thing. If Stuart Fairchild has an option, and he he does have an option, no, so, no, 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 no. You're uh, correct.
0: You're correct. Stuart correct. Out of
1: so you you can only keep one of these guys. That's where I'm going with this. None of yeah, them have and- options. You can't stash any of them. Someone will take a flyer on Jose Barrero if the Reds expose him. Someone will pick him up and try him with a change of scenery. I think the same holds to holds true for Stuart Fairchild. Uh he's put up enough in his limited uh access to the major leagues to to at least warrant a look. Last year was his largest sample size, Jeff. He got into 97 games. In those 97 games, his OPS plus was 90. So he performed at just 10% below league average while shuttling back and forth from Louisville and you know wearing out the expressway there, uh burning through vehicles, we'll call it. Yeah. Uh Stuart Fairchild was up and down a lot. So Um, I don't know that either one of those guys would clear waivers and accept an assignment to Louisville. I think if whoever doesn't make this spot, the Reds are going to lose.
0: I am intrigued by that because we talked about this with the bullpen and how – it seems like there are some pretty obvious choices because of the options and because of how that all works out with this there is no obvious option and and i feel like there are there are groups of people that would say well it's obviously jose barrero can't give up on a former top prospect and then there are there are other people that have said stuart fairchild has shown it we know what we're getting out of stuart fairchild and he can play center field jose barrero can kind of play center field and then uh, bubba thompson Uh, josh harrison can't play center field so and and we we mentioned we briefly mentioned josh harrison i don't necessarily think that he has as much a chance in fact if you were to ask me where i thought he ranked in this i actually if i thought about it a little bit more i think bubba thompson's even ahead of him simply because of being able to play center field i think the way that josh harrison makes this opening day roster and you and i were talking about this off air is not necessarily a way that we would root for because I think there would need to be an entry.
1: No, you're right. And we didn't spend much time here talking at all about Josh Harrison because of that, because mm. the, the the path to him making this team is is a, a path I don't want to go down. And then if you listen to Gordon Whitmire, he thinks all these other cats that the Red signed the last couple of days are in on the infield conversation as well, which I don't yeah. agree with either. So I think there's a lot of veteran depth spring training depth signings that the reds have done uh if my our best hope for josh harrison is that he would be willing to accept a minor league assignment and then if something happens along the way that's a valuable guy that you can bring up um the rest of the guys the reds have signed they're just here to help fill innings that's that's i am i am not willing to read any more into it than that
0: no i mean mike ford we, we we briefly mentioned mike ford and um tony kemp the other day but only is more of a a passing uh sarcasm right no we laughed about it as a matter of fact mike ford and and look these guys are professional ball players they're better at baseball than we are for sure but look mike ford is nick martini and maybe even not as good as nick martini and then tony kemp can't hit like he, he just he can't hit so there, there's nothing really to see there. And he's played a little bit of outfield, but it's like left field. It's not even center field. So these guys are just here to eat up innings during games because they don't want to push their starters too quickly. They don't want to push prospects too early because as we see, there are certain points in the games where you still have major league pitchers in the game. And then there's certain points later in the games when you got double A pitchers in the games. And I think that that is an important kind of juxtaposition to make when you're looking at different players and what they're doing, which is why when we talk about coming up next, a forgotten prospect who showed out, I do want to preface that with, there are certain times of games where guys are going to look better than others. So don't go too crazy about them. But coming up here next, that forgotten prospect really did kind of do some impressive things. We'll tell you who that was in just a moment. Before we do that though, I want to tell you about another one of today's sponsors because today's episode is brought to you in part by eBay Motors. You know, when it comes to your ride or die, passion is everything. The drive is everything and you need to keep your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything that you need to keep your ride or die alive and you can level it up to peak performance. From superchargers to roof racks, exhaust kits, they've got LED headlights, and and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with the eBay guaranteed fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber cash with all the parts you need at the prices you want it's easy to turn your car into the mvp that you want and bring home that win keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com eligible items only exclusions do apply ebay motors guaranteed fit only available for u.s customers you know in between episodes you can follow us on twitter on x at Jeff Carr with three Fs for me. You can follow Steve at S Offenbaker with two Fs, and you can follow the show at Lockdown Reds. There's no Fs in that. Also, join our Lockdown Reds Discord page. A lot of great folks talking Reds baseball and bookmark InsideTheReds.com. all the Reds content you could ever want in written form. So we're talking about it and we're writing about it over to insidethereds.com. Make sure you bookmark that site today. All right, Steve, there were a few guys, and the reason that I kind of wanted to talk about them later on in the show was that they showed out, they looked good, don't necessarily think they factor into the major league roster at all this year. I'd be surprised if Tyler Callahan did. I know Edwin Arroyo won't, but I did want to talk about them for a little bit because Tyler Callahan hit a ball that is still floating somewhere in the ether. Uh, He absolutely murdered it. Goodyear ballpark couldn't hold it. It was a rocket off of, albeit, like I said a moment ago, another double-A pitcher. So it's not really like, oh, it was Justin Verlander. But this was a huge thing because if you look at his profile on a couple of different websites and and my go-to is Baseball America with this, they said that he needs to show that power to kind of take the next step and be more than just a maybe utility player in the future, this was a lot of power.
1: No, you know, it goes to show when one of these guys catch one, oh, man, can they catch one? Uh, that ball, you know, why it, they're I here. Farther, I think went farther than Will Benson's home run, uh, mm-hmm. which was pretty impressive in of itself. So, you know, it was a nice reminder that he's still here. And and. Yeah. The problem is he plays second base and third base. So no matter what he really does this season, you know, there's not a lot of room for upward movement for him. I would like to see him continue to develop, get to triple a Louisville and, you know, become a trade piece, become an insurance policy, become something valuable to the reds. Would love to see it. Uh, And, you know, we will see more from him. We'll see more from, you know, other guys on this team that are forgotten that are, that are, you know maybe not necessarily living up to the hype we gave them initially you know another guy that's looked pretty good uh daniel Veohin. Veohin. Yeah, Veoheen. you know your guy looked pretty good uh, in yesterday's game uh, and got into the got into the first game as well so you know that's another guy the catching position through the reds farm system not uh, overly crowded
0: wide with open. Yeah.
1: prospects it's pretty <laughs> wide open right now so, you know, it's good to see him resurface because for a while there, we were talking about him a lot and then yeah. we weren't. Same with Matt Nelson. We were talking about Matt Nelson a lot and then we were. So I would like to see something from both of those guys this spring just to remind everybody that they're still there and that there is some catching depth within this farm system. So, no, and that's, so yeah, it's an yeah. opportunity.
0: Yeah, that's that's a big thing for guys like that. And then for a guy like Edwin Arroyo, like Edwin Arroyo was absolutely amazing with the glove i absolutely love that plus he had a couple of hits that's going to be the big thing and that was kind of the question mark that came up last year was his hit tool and part of that was just because the first two months of the season first two months of the season he hit under 200 if people look and and they parse it out a little bit from june through september down in dayton he hit 272 so he started to figure it out a little bit with the bat again these guys go through slumps every time they hit a new level and it's, it's a new thing. They got to figure out something else. And I think that's just going to be more what we, he's going to be in Chattanooga this year. He's still super young and the Reds have plenty of guys where he plays. However, I will say this. I think we saw shades, little bits, little, little, uh, premonitions, if you will, as to why one day, Ellie will move off shortstop when he is called up.
1: Yeah, it was nice to see that that glove is as advertised, wasn't it? Uh, he Maybe. made he made some plays. And and going 2 for 3 in yesterday's game didn't hurt either. And mm-hmm. that's really the thing that the Reds and that everybody else wants to see from him, to develop that hitting. Uh you're right. He's going to start in Chattanooga. There's no scenario that I can foresee where he gets anywhere near Cincinnati in 2024. Uh, I think if he plays his cards rights, continues to develop, continues to hit like uh, we hope that he does, continues to play defense like he showed us he can, he can find his way to Louisville in 2024 and then be in the conversation for 2025 and beyond. But it it was fun to watch, fun to see the highlights of him uh, scooping some balls and and doing some things that uh, we've been hearing about but haven't really necessarily gotten to see very much.
0: Yeah, he's looking good out there in the dirt. Looked good in the first game. Sounded good the second game. That's kind of where I want to finish up today's pod. Um What? the? Yeah. wait, man. Yeah.
1: But wait, we we, we need to talk about. I, I think you were going there. Maybe. Yeah. Uh, we need to talk about the fact that we can't see all yeah, of his that's, that's displays. Right. Is that where you're going with this? Yeah. That's I where I was going. Uh, I think you and I are both it, mad about this.
0: It's 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 annoying because there's never been more hype around this team there. there th- I, you'd have to go a long way back to pick a season that people were more excited about reds baseball. And in case you aren't on the machine that is known as X, there was a chart that was kind of making its way around that social media medium might've made its way to Facebook and things like that. But just in case you didn't see it, there's a chart of all the different major league teams and how many televised games they have this spring training? Cincinnati was dead last. And, uh, you know, Doug, Doug Gray, our friend over at redsminorleagues.com and redlegnation.com, pointed out that they were missing one game that's going to be on like mob.tv or something like that. So technically, they're tied for last with the Oakland Athletics, who people don't even know what city they're supposed to play in. and And weirdly enough, the Atlanta Braves. But how are we doing this in the year of our Lord, 2024, where not every single game is televised? Steve, everything is televised. Cornhole is televised. Dog show, Dogs playing football is televised. We can't get every spring training game on TV? What, what are well, we doing? Well, you
1: can if you're in the Los Angeles market and you want to watch the Angels because <laughs> they lead the league in televised spring training games.
0: Here's the hey, thing hey went to the other I get team.
1: I, that, I get <laughs> that Bob would need to sell a lot of extra cabbage to have the cabbage <laughs> to put every game on in spring training. But listen, I don't yeah. need a broadcast crew for every single game. There's ways yeah. to do this and not spend tons of money. They could just use the home feeds for everybody, yep. all spring training with the home broadcasters. That saves half. You could just broadcast the feed from the ballpark with ambiance noise let me hear the crowd and nothing yeah. else i i'll figure it out myself and listen to the radio i would be fine with that as well yeah Whitney, need different angles
0: it. just a camera like yeah. up like in the where a press box would be just looking down on the field
1: so, to just not do it though, it's it it's just it boggles my mind. It's just yeah. another example of when you have a commissioner that hates baseball, like Manfred hates baseball. Um, they don't look to be innovative. Nobody's looking to be innovative. And and as much as there's well, talk of let's grow the sport, <laughs> let's grow the sport. Well, you you maybe start by letting people that want to see it see the sport.
0: Let's see, Steve, they're letting them see the sport just different angles, the see-through pants. The weird uniforms oh. and stuff oh. like that—that's where that's you know, <laughs> you know it's just—I don't, I don't get it. Maybe I that's don't get what, it.
1: Maybe, maybe they're afraid they can't put those pants on TV, and they're trying to figure <laughs> it out.
0: Well, and I, I also thought I'm like, okay, well, let's let's really maybe deduce this a little bit. Why are the Reds so? Is this a Bally Sports thing? Is it something to do with Bally Sports? The Angels are broadcast by Bally Sports, and they have the most spring training televised games. It just—it makes no sense to me. Every single team should be up there. I mean, if the NFL can mandate that you have to go to a preseason game, you have to purchase preseason tickets. If you're a season ticket holder for your favorite team, then we can televise spring training games because the NFL is forcing people to watch uh, the preseason, which nobody cares about. And to be honest with you, we've talked about how stats and win-loss records don't matter in spring training, but we want to watch the games. Give them to us. We beg of you. And, and, and look, like we said, put a camera up there. I don't know, but put a drone. Have a drone floating over home plate, watching the games. Like just something, a blimp cam. I don't care. I want to see it. I want to see the game, Steve. Me
1: and, too. and they could, they yeah. could, they could, they could do this in ways. I, I just want to rail on this for 30 more seconds, Jeff, because there's things they could do. Uh, you know, I know from people in the industry, there is not enough qualified staff out there to fill out production teams to broadcast these games. Right. We heard about it when there was danger of bally folding and what are we going to do to get qualified people? They could bring in college interns. They could bring in even high school students and teach them how to run a camera and expose them and create, the workforce that Podcast is lacking
0: hosts yeah. to,
1: to do this thing there there are so many out of the box options that could put every single spring training game on the tv and just they're not trying
0: give me it's give me a reds cast you know trying. like a like a manning cast but it's for the reds and it's sean casey and corky miller talking about do you know how many <laughs> yes. how many more people would watch those games like oh my gosh anyway on that bombshell, we got to end. Thanks, to everybody, so much for checking out today's Locked We really could have done a whole segment about that. Uh, watching today's you. Locked On Reds podcast. Uh, make sure that you subscribe. If you're not subscribed, make sure you do so, because every day or tomorrow on the pod, we're going to dig into Andrew Abbott, because he is pitching for his first spring training game today. What can we expect from him in 2024? We're going to take a deep dive into that tomorrow. But in between now and then, what can people expect from you and me, Steve?
1: We're going to keep watching for news. We're going to watch for rumors. We're going to be uh, following what the pitchers look like that have thrown thus far, checking in on Hunter Green and make sure he's healthy. We're going to gather up all that information and bring it back right here to keep you locked on Reds every single day.
0: I told you that segment was going to jump off the rails. Jeez. I mean, we really could have done, could have done a whole show, I think. Hey, Prime members.